the bloops. Let's bloop snoops. Let's bloops snoops. Let's just have let's have one episode where it's just all of our outtakes, and we'll call it "Let's Bloop Snoots." I just spit all over my keyboard. <laughs> Clearly, it's me who's the juicy speaker. Here we are again. I'm Vero, and I'm Heidi, and today we're gonna boop snoots. We certainly are. Today's two topics are body language, doggy body language, and socializing your doggy. Yes. Where to start, how to do it. Uh, I do you want to know what? I'm quite surprised, actually, that um, uh, a, a lot of people don't understand the body language of dogs. Like, it's very shocking, and I'm noticing it more and more as we're doing this, and as I, like, you know, talk about it with a variety of different people, and as I go about my doggy business with my doggies and talking to people about them and meeting them and stuff. It's, it's shocking yes. that, uh, that a lot of people have very little understanding about these beasts. We love so much and bring yes. into our lives. Yeah. So with body language, sorry, was there something you want to say? Sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just going to talk about some article that I read, but I can mention that later. Oh, okay. Um, so with body language, you can, you, there's lot there there are lots of articles out there you can read about it there's books about them there's Caesar Milan books where I'm sure he talks about it and there's like I said and like we've said many times on the show um, there's a ton of YouTubers out there that like to talk about dogs and variety of different things so yes. even googling or YouTubing body language it's going to give you a good idea of some of the things to look for and even watching training videos mm-hmm I mentioned this in our last episode that I'm watching on Disney Plus, the series called Dog Impossible. And you can definitely see like a dog's body language on so, that show. And the different the, thing. And what this guy does, he trains like the like rescue ones or aggressive dogs? Aggressive dogs. Okay. Yes. And and there I I would say that body language is most important when when you're dealing with aggression like in dogs because you need to see the signs and what they're comfortable with and what they're not because that's what you're going to be exactly working with right yes exactly but then there's the other side of of like dogs playing and wrestling or being mm -hmm. curious or, and that kind of stuff that you that you need to understand too because I think a lot of people misinterpret those as well so um, reading the stuff that I did on the interwebs. <laughs> I, um, it said you need to look at the different, the, like the major things you're looking for is you're looking at their tail, you're looking at their ears, you're looking at their eyes, you're looking at their face generally, and you're, and you're looking at their stance. Yes. And, uh, I'll go really quickly into each of those ones. And then I'm sure we've got a bunch of different stories to share with each other about doggy language. Yes. But, um, Starting and and please chime in, Vero, at any time. But so starting with the tail. So mm -hmm. what do you know can about can be tails? misinterpreted? <laughs> it can big time. Yeah. So it's not necessarily tail wagging is not necessarily happy. Um, it can be, yeah. but it's really just indicates that your dog is feeling some type of emotion. It could be frustration. It could be happy. Um, so if you see that you're dog is wagging his tail and his whole body is wagging with it that's showing you that your dog is actually relaxed yeah um if it's like a twitchy tail your dog might be on alert and then if it's a faster wag then your dog 
is probably emotionally aroused. And then the tail between the legs is a clear sign yes. of discomfort yes. or, 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 or fear. Yes. And the level of the tail. So if yes. the tail is pointing like straight up, your dog is usually on alert at that point. Well, funny story about tail wagging about my dog, Wiggum, my special dog. Uh, Wiggum was never an excited dog. He would wag his tail once in a while for a very short period of time, which I mean like seconds when I would get home. Yeah. The one time when he would wag his tail is when he was about to bark. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I could tell Wiggum was going to bark because his tail was up and it was like wagging. <laughs> yeah. Not like in a fast, like whole body wag, but it was like left, right, left, bark. Yeah. Left, right, <laughs> left, bark. <laughs> He's so funny. You got a yeah. real weirdo there, but it's fun to talk I about. I did. Him. Yeah. But he was like, he's charming. Yes. He was very charming. Yes. Le, le, le wigum. Le wigum, <laughs> le wigum. So, yeah, like, um, Vero's right. There are different levels of the tail that indicate different things. Like the, there's the alert, like up straight. If it's wagging, like, like crazy, it's usually like happiness or like, you know, or uh, if it's, if it's midway, I think in a wag, it's like they're inquisitive or they're curious Mm -hmm. about something. They might be like checking something out or whatever. And again, like the, like usually when the uh, dog's tail goes low or, or curled up, like right underneath them, like tucked right underneath. Yes. They're, they're scared they're uncomfortable and and as we talk through the various other body parts that they usually coincide with with those emotions and what they might be mm-hmm. feeling so the next one is the ears Ooh. Mm-hmm. so ears again they like and dogs all have different types of ears i've always been a hound fan the floppy ears just get me every time and the big ear the, the <laughs> and the floppier the better so uh gibbon is a weimaraner he's got massive huge floppy ears uh but then like you get like the shepherds right with those super pointy like ears um that move around in in different ways and stuff like that so when looking at a dog's ears when they're pointed straight up again that's like alert like they're like alert yes. they're like they're observing something and look checking something out and and stuff like that and if they're up to usually and with and we'll, we'll bring we'll slowly bring this all together so if they're up and the tails up like and they're straight and not moving that's usually like yes mm? like uh they're inquisitive like or they're looking at something and just waiting making an assessment on like okay am i gonna bork at the stranger <laughs> who is the stranger who is this you know like something's going down i'm checking it out um when the ears are like at rest or whatever they're just you know they're resting they're like in the neutral position or whatever and that doesn't tend to mean yeah. like a whole lot of things but this is where things can get interpreted differently so when a dog's ears are down usually people think that means sadness or again fear or they're uncomfortable but not necessarily because now you got to start bringing the different body parts together. So if the dog's ears are like down and the tail is wagging, but like at that mid level. So to me, when, when, when I, when I talk about this, what I'm envisioning is like a leash walk where they're focused, they're straight. And this is where people misunderstand it because like, um, I remember when I was doing leash training with Becky, 
Michelle told me like you want the ears down at this at the side and not down where they're looking sad it's like they're down and at the side and it's because they're focused there's listening to you they're walking they're on a walk they're, they they mm -hmm. know that if they're you know when I was doing I'm tr I was trying to get Becky less reactive and also not to pull because she was a puller and pulling my arm off right so I had the prong collar on her. She knew that we're going on a, what we call a structured walk, which we'll talk about more later on, and that she's focused on what she's doing. And so her tail was wagging because like we're out on a walk and we're enjoying the environment together. But at the same time, she's very focused because she's listening to what I'm going to tell her what to do next. Like, are we going to yeah. stop at the street? Are we going to go over there to that park? And, and she's just focused on me and focused on what she's doing. And she's not aroused by anything. So she doesn't give a shit that, Sorry, I swore again. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't <laughs> care that a squirrel's climbing up the tree on her, right? Because she knows that if she reacts to it, I'm I'm gonna pop her with the with with the collar to keep her focused because you, you don't want a reactive dog. I didn't want a reactive dog. So um and then there's like when the ears again, but ears down, tail between the legs, they're scared or they're uncomfortable. Fear. Yes. Yeah. It's fear. So when the ears are pinned back, that might be a sign that your dog is about to bite. Yes. Yes. You have to put it in context with the rest of the yes. body, though. Yes. If it's just that and then, um, like you said, like their tail is wagging, their body's wagging. Yeah. Then probably not. But like if their tail is up straight, uh, twitchy, their body is frozen their ears are pinned back, there's yeah. a good chance that your dog might be biting mm -hmm. or is planning or assessing <laughs> whether to bite and or deciding. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of body being frozen. So let's talk about posture. So like I said, if a dog stops and looks like he's stiff, that's a sign that he's on alert. If your dog is hunched towards the ground, it might mean that they are stressed or fear. And the extreme of that would be submissive. And if they're, if they have like a forward position, and I read about this, but I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. The offensive, like it looks like an offensive position, like they're. Well, it's kind of like, like, so again, like when we talk about a variety of different contexts, so that like body language is kind of sort of hard to talk about on a podcast, even though we're doing it, it will give you a general idea. It's, it's, this is where it would be helpful to have the visuals, right? Because, mm. um, so maybe you can, it would have, you, you, cause you can see, and like you mentioned, like this dude, um, on the Disney plus show there, he, he, he will break down. He has a video where he breaks down. He's like, all right, so here we have the ears pinned back. The mouth is doing this. The dog is standing this yeah. way. The tail is here and I can tell you for a fact he's about to bite and then sure enough they play out the video and the dog bites right like he's he's yeah. very knowledgeable and one thing that I'll say just overall in general is that you it's almost like you hear about like mothers with their newborn babies and when then they learn the different types of cries like oh that's yes. a hungry cry that's a tired cry you learn your dog and you get to learn their expressions like I can look at my dog's face and tell what their facial expressions are whereas it might be completely different with I don't know if I could read somebody else's dog I could I would I, I could read the general um, body behavior like the body language of other dogs but like they they have facial expressions they do they do right? like <laughs> they do 
I, like, I remember, Vero, do you remember? Vero and I were going to a conference together and we were waiting at the airport together and she showed me this video. Remember where Gibbon, oh, or not yeah. Gibbon, Wiggum, Wiggum didn't, uh, like being uh filmed or whatever and so yeah the camcorder yes and he wouldn't even (laughs) do like a lip lift or a growl or anything it's just like he would he he was staring it down he was like staring it down and when she got too close eventually he would just go "Ah!" (laughs) like like, just a quick little (laughs) chop of the mouth like a little (laughs) i just we we laugh i know it's coming yeah we would laugh about it but like and that's that's just a little quick video that Vera was doing like as like a funny thing but at the same time if somebody else didn't know that and they're trying to they're over not knowing Vera's dog at all and they're like trying to film a TikTok video or something funny to put on Facebook or whatever he he could he could lash out at them like he could like yeah bite their wrist or their hand or whatever right like so it's one of those things where you get to learn your own dog, but it's helpful to know like these just sort of general tips in looking at their bodies. So sorry, I yes. totally like interrupted you there and took over. No, that's okay. But- I have a story that's a little bit off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, at my parents' place, their living room, they have like two couches and in the middle they have a coffee table and it's a little bit tight. And we had, they had people over and it was busy in the living room and you know how Wiggum was like, if he wanted to go somewhere, like he would just go. Mm-hmm. Like even if like he didn't fit, like he didn't really fit between the coffee table and the people's legs, mm-hmm. but he would just like make its way. So I see Wiggum <laughs> get into the living room and people have like their beers on the table. And I'm like, oh God. I'm like, hey, I think it was, I don't know if it was my uncle, but let's say it was my uncle. And I'm like, hey, Richard, like Uncle Richard, can you can you just lift your beer for two seconds? And he lifted it. And Wiggum just like hit the table a little bit, like with his bum. And the table like toppled over a little bit. And I'm like, I just knew I just knew that was gonna happen. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. he's like, oh. <laughs> Right. Like it's like kids at a restaurant, like prevent a mess, coloring crazily. And you see the elbow and you're just like, they're going to knock over their drink. They're going to knock over their drink. And sure enough, like they do, like you, you get to know, but like, yeah, yeah, what you're like most other dogs like Gibbon won't walk through. Like if there's a tight space like that between the coffee table and the couch and somebody's sitting there, he just like goes up and like looks at them and then, and then just like stands there, like looking at them, like in the neutral position, <laughs> like him would just be like, I'm getting in <laughs> like, bullet a China shop. Here comes the exactly. tank. <laughs> That's exactly what he was. Yeah. Like, can you, can you just lift your beer for two seconds? Go, go, go. And yeah. he did. And I'm like, whew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, you, you were mentioning posture and stance. So you said the forward thing. So again, if a dog's leaning forward, it could, depending on what the rest of their body is doing, it can yes. mean a variety of things. So Gibbon, like I mentioned before, he's a hound, he's a hunting dog. They're pointers that like he's yes. of the pointing family. So like we, like I even mentioned in the training episode where we were talking about hunting, they teach them how to point and that's like standing like, like literally in the alert stance, but they're leaning forward slightly. The ears are up and then they use one of their paws, like up pointing towards the partridge or whatever it is that you're hunting yes. and they teach him how to do that. So he, is he going to bite in that situation? Uh, probably not. Cause he's doing no. what he's trained to do. Like, which is like, he, there's the partridge, there's the bird, there's the goose or whatever. And he it stands there like at alert, alerting the hunter of what is ahead. And that's his job to do. And now mind you, if you went up to him and tried to play with him in that moment, because he's so focused in doing his job, 
then he might like uh, the dogs will sometimes give you a warning or sometimes they might just lash out at you. So yeah, you'll, you'll notice like another dog um, might just mean that they're just ready for whatever is coming at them. Right. They're in this offensive position. Yeah, exactly. And, and for anyone with a, a, that has a dog with a specific job that they're doing, they'll usually have like a vest or something on it saying like in training or a working dog. And if yes. you ever see that on a dog, um, I wouldn't approach, I wouldn't even ask, can I pet your dog? Because chances are, if they're working, you never pet a dog or affection or anything playful with a dog that no. is like working or doing their job. So, um, a, uh, were you still going to talk about posture? Cause I have a couple no. more things to say about posture too. Um, go ahead. So if a dog is sitting with their back to you, so if they're like, if they're, if they leave their back to you, it means that they trust you. It's like, yeah, I yes. got you. Like I'm on front of you, like, and stuff like that. And again, posture, if they roll on their belly and like, uh, and present their belly to you, that's, they're submissing to you and they're very trustful. They trust of you. you. Yes. And they trust you. So those are a couple of more things um, with stance. Another thing too, that people um, don't realize is some dogs and Becky does this. They'll paw at you, like they'll put the their paw on you, oh, yes. and that's a sign of dominance. So you actually want to want to like. So if you're petting them and you're like, oh, and and like all of a sudden they they they, they just have to have their paw on you mm-hmm. at all time. It, it's them trying to assert their dominance with you. Yes, and you're thinking, and, oh, it's so cute. They want more. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I think that's all I, ha- I had to say about posture. There's like all those different things and it's the way that they sleep too. So same thing, like a dog sleeping with its belly in the air. It's very comfortable in its environment, very trusting yes, of you. Yes, very relaxed. And they're relaxed and yeah, all is all is good in, in the doggyhood. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it on posture. So the next one was like, we'll talk about eyes and face and the things that they mm-hmm. do with their face. Eye contact is a very intricate thing with dogs because you know we mentioned on the last episode where you want your dog paying attention to you you want them looking at you but you don't want them staring you down in the face so again i'll use that wiggum video as an uh, as an example yeah he's he's staring at you and that's like that's that's that is a sign of dominance if you're looking at your dog and they're staring at you you want them to look away first because that's them submissing to you Yes. But so like if you're having a staring contest, which you shouldn't have, but like like if I'm sitting on the couch and and I did this with Gibbon as a puppy because I I would always say to to Michelle, like, you know, if I'm eating something on the couch, like I look over and Gibbon is like literally like eyes wide open, like staring <laughs> at me. Like it happened even the other night. Like I was having some popcorn in bed and Gibbon was like curled up in the bagel next to me and I'm watching the show and there was like a break in the show or whatever. And I look over at him. He's like literally like intent, wide eyes, like almost like hyperthyroidism, <laughs> like staring at me. And I was just like, hey, like, like, no. Or, or I stared at him back and I lean into him and then he, he cowers down like that's, yes. and that's him uh, interpreting my body language as well, which they're very good at. So that's uh, uh, being aware of what their body language means. And then you counteracting with that, mm-hmm. it plays a huge part in training. When I tell Gibbon to sit at a threshold at the, at the patio door and I say sit and he doesn't, I take one step into him and he sits down because he's like, ooh, she coming. <laughs> she means business. <laughs> ooh, here she come. 
So um, the eyes are, you know, but at the same time when their eyes are open and alert, same thing. And the tail's up and the ears are up, but they're alert. They're looking intently at something. And, and it could, depending on the context, it could, it could be a, a, a variety of things. But that usually means yes. like alertness and assessment. Yeah. Uh, like if you can see the whites of their eyes, like the eyes are rolled back, depending on like, like you said, like what else is going on with their body, that could be a sign that they're about to be aggressive. Yeah. Cause like you, and you'll see it in their eyes. Like when, um, um, like when, as Becky gets older, she's a little bit less trustworthy around other dogs as well as kids, right? Kids are loud. Kids don't know how to interact with dogs. They think that they can just come and hug them and pet them and climb on them and touch them wherever they want. And so, um, it's, very important in situations like that and knowing like knowing your dog to watch your dog at all times because this is how kids get bitten like yes every time and people don't yeah. know what the warning signs are and even yeah. i even i didn't for the longest time so when we talk about eyes and face uh, a very obvious like sign of aggression with the dog is you see the the lip lift like the snarl like sort of starting to happen yeah. like they, they start you see their lip kind of quiver but it's going up on one side and they're showing yeah. their teeth the, anytime a dog shows or their they teeth, curl up their upper upper lip yep mm-hmm. that that that's that's bad news bears that's like now you're backing them into the <laughs> corner and they're getting ready to do something about it right yeah they're gonna charge so anytime I see it, my, uh, like, like I said, Becky or like Scraps when he was older, because dogs, it's just like people, like the, the older ones sometimes just can't tolerate like anything young anymore. <laughs> and that's fair. And that's fair to them. But yeah. now you have to manage that in whatever environment that you, that you are bringing your dog to participate in. Right? Yes. And just like the tail wagging, um, that could mean something negative or positive. Um, the raised hackles. Yes. So the fur along their spine, uh, sometimes that can stand up and they don't have control over that. It's just like when we have goosebumps. It's instinct. Yeah. Yeah. The dog's emotionally aroused. Um, it could mean that they're excited. It could also mean that they're uncomfortable or they're scared. Or that they're getting ready to aggress, like that something is seen as a threat and they're ready yes. to, they're in, they're in defensive mode. Yes. With the eyes and face, another one that I didn't know is they lick their lips when they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if like you just gave your dog like a big messy treat, like um, the other day, Gibbs was very good at the vet and I stopped at Starbucks and I got him a puppuccino because he was Puppet just so Chino. good. And uh, which is just a tiny little shot of whipped cream, by the way, everybody. And um, I was letting him like lick it in the car. So obviously he's licking his lips that, that it's because he's eating food and he's getting it off of his yes. face. This lovely little puppuccino. But if uh, Gibbon is laying on the couch and friends come over with their three-year-old and the three-year-old is trying to pet him and his ears are down and his tail's tucked underneath his bum and now he's starting to lick his lips, it's like he's uncomfortable and he's like, help me get this kid out of here. Like, I'm not enjoying this. Yes. And yawning is another one. When If they Mm -hmm. yawn in in, in that little scenario I just gave you and they start yawning yawning means could mean fear anxiousness or or they're going to aggress yes drooling and I saw that on that series Mm -hmm. is a sign of stress okay so on the series there was a couple that had five bulldogs and there was like a weird 
um, dynamic between three of them. And they took the, the three of them to the, the dog place, like rehab place. And they discovered that the bully of the gang was not the one that they thought it was. And that, that dog that they thought was the bully would go into the corner and drool because mm-hmm. he was stressed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's another sign that they're uncomfortable. Sometimes you see that a lot in the car too. Yes. So a custom, yeah. a, like trying to get your dog um, uh, good to go in the car. The first couple of car rides, you'll see them drool a little bit. Some some people think it's motion sickness or it's whatever, but it could just be stress. They're just like, oh god, this feeling so uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. a moving car. I think like Gibbon drooled a bit in the beginning, but he he uh, got comfortable with the car pretty quick. You think it could also be that they're a little bit nauseated? Okay, it could be. So it could yeah. be one of those two things like, and, and again, you monitor them, right? So, um, a friend of my Marnie, her dog, she came up to the cottage with my dog and she, she warned me right away. She said, my dog gets car sick and the drool starts and the drool starts and it increases yeah. and it increases and it increases and then they vomit. So she was just like, can we just like stop if we get, and I was like, of course. And but also you can give your dog's gravel for that too, which mm-hmm. we will also talk about in a later episode. So yeah. So talking about body language, like, like I said, it's, it's very, I, I would watch, I would turn to the interwebs for it. Cause like I said, there's a variety of different videos. There's this guy here who deals with aggressive ones. And I think it's the aggressive, I mean, you want to watch their behavior general because you want your dog to live a happy life and a comfortable life with you. You want them to trust you and, and to yes. know that you're looking out for them. Um, but uh, aggression is a big one that it just leads to harm and uncomfortable for everybody involved so yes pay very close attention to those yeah and Um, nobody knows their dog better than their owners so if you take away anything from this episode is just be attentive to your dog and and just to give you a couple of examples and like I mentioned at the beginning it was very shocking to me to see like how little people like understand the dog behaviors and there's even um so one person in, in my neighborhood, I live right across the street from a park and every day at around 3.30, all people from the neighborhood come. It's the same people that come generally to the park at the same time and the dogs play with each other and some are off leash and some are on leash and all this sort of stuff. And we ch- have chats with each other about, you know, our days, our jobs and other dogs in the neighborhood. We gossip about the neighborhood dog <laughs> the and, bully uh, the bully the <laughs> the herder the herder the like all the different ones so one of my neighbors was talking about this woman that was coming to the park and so he has this like a uh, shepherd mutt named uh jethro and jethro um oh. it he plays with a, a lot of the different one but for some reason like he bully gibbs all the time so if gibbs goes to try to play with the ball with like the rest of the dogs he barks and barks if gibbs tries to run around and chase like other dogs where they're playing and stuff uh Jeth- jethro's we call like his owner calls him the fun police he breaks he breaks up all the fun that's like happening <laughs> and stuff but jethro does like to play with the dogs the, the odd time so um this woman was coming into the park with her dog and jethro's standing there and his like you mentioned the hackles were up but his tail's up and wagging and his tongue is out and he's panting and the ears are up and he's doing a bit of a head tilt so he's curious he's seeing this dog coming and this woman freaked out and she was just like your dog is aggressive. Your dog is being so aggressive. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like his tail's wagging. Like he's, and she's like, oh, look at him. He's, he's going to bite. And like, oh, oh, you should, you should have him leashed. And what are you doing? And, and she, she just like completely like lost it on him. And he was just like, I, I can't believe this lady has a dog and can't interpret 
like that that behavior yeah. appropriately because Jethro as much of a bully as he is he has never been aggressive to any one of the dogs and and every time you hear somebody say oh my dog's never been aggressive i'm not saying that it's not going to happen it any a dog can be aggressive in any given situation and that's mm-hmm. why you have to watch them and monitor like these behaviors like we said behaviors and body language helps you interpret how a situation is going to go but that was that situation was jethro was excited to play with this new dog entering the park mm-hmm. but she saw yes. it completely differently and was like you better leash him up right now or i'm calling bylaw on you and like they had this huge confrontation and then like a couple of days later he saw her and she came and apologized to him and she said i'm really sorry about the way i behaved the other day and i was just like nervous about your dog and he was like okay that's fine she's like maybe we can go for a walk together and then like she just like never took him up on it anyways one more example i want to give to you and then we'll move on to our our next topic which is socialization i just said it very weirdly <laughs> and in french but um, when Gibbon was a pup, a close friend of ours, uh, Joyce, also had a great Tane pup, um, Luna. She's gorgeous. She's like this huge, yes. massive black bee. She's like the black stallion. So adorable. And um, Gibbon, as a puppy, like like looked like a mini me of Luna because Luna was like massive, right? But they're very yeah. similar. Like they have like um the same shiny coat the big floppy ears like very similar they were so cute and so to wear them both out I would bring Gibbon we would have play dates together and I would bring Gibbon over so Gibbon would come over and these two would just rough house and we would clear the living room out and they would just rough house together so watching dogs play together okay they they bow to each other with their bum up in the air and the tails going we forgot to mention that in this in the posture actually when they bow to you that's oh, yeah. play that's playfulness playful they want to yeah. play they're like come on let's let's do this <laughs> let's have a good play <laughs> let's have a good rumble and um they would just rough house and they they do present their teeth and they gnash at each other and they chase each other and they turn around quick on the spot and then again into the downward position and then mm-hmm. they go at each other pawing at each other and ah, they make like growly rumbly sounds so joyce is so joyce and i are sitting there because i could watch dogs play like that literally for hours i find it so entertaining <laughs> like yeah. you know how they have the like aquarium channel with like fish falling they should just have one for <laughs> like two for dogs, dogs playing, playing. Yes. <laughs> oh my god that's another brilliant marketing idea oh my Bill. god let's do it <laughs> copyright <laughs> yep and uh, um it's just so entertaining to watch right so joyce and i are sitting there and like laughing and like pointing out their different funny little behaviors and watching what they're going to do next and laughing and laughing and laughing joyce's son comes downstairs and he completely freaks out. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are you guys doing? Like, they're fighting. They're fighting. And he was and he was so upset because because sometimes dog play can look aggressive, right? Like with yeah. the gnashing of the teeth at each other. And and we were like, and no. And the sounds. And- yeah. And the sounds they make and like the way they move and stuff. But we were like, no, 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 no. This is how dogs play. Like when like when they bow to each other like that, that means like, come on, let's play. And like, look, like they're and we sort of broke it down with him because he was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this. He's like, make them stop, make them stop. And he 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 could not bear to watch it. Wow. And whereas Joyce and I were having like living our best lives, being like, <laughs> let's do this all day. But um, so that those are, are the the instances where it, it's 
very clear or even like um, the friends of ours who just re- recently got a puppy for their kid, knowing nothing about dogs and just saying like they're I'm playing with yeah. their puppy at the park and they're like, is this normal? Like, should he be jumpy like that? Like, should he be doing like, oh, no, and he's too young for training. And I'm like, no, no. training starts day one. Like, mm-hmm. but but people get dogs not knowing literally anything about them. And, um, it's, it's very important depending on what you plan to do with your dog to know about behavior and to know about body language. Yes. And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) On to. On to. Are we moving on to socialization? Socialization? Yeah. Vero says it better. (laughs) Socialization. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said, it starts day one. Mm Mm-hmm. Day uno. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier. So you can start your dog. And uh, before we start, socialization means different things to different people. Even when I got Wiggum, to me, socializing Wiggum was socializing Wiggum with other dogs. That's all I thought about. Uh, but there's other things to do to socialize your dog. And you can start with simple commands at home. Day one. First day you have with your dog. So sit down, uh, give their paw, stay, give them treats, reinforce it, and then move on to taking your dog outside with more distractions uh, once they've mastered it inside and to teach your dog to focus on you. So like we mentioned in our last episode, to watch you and then you have your treats in your hands that are extended you're moving them around and as long as your dog is looking at you you can give your dog a treat and then you keep going and you increase the distractions and that'll help socialize your dog so that when he is in a situation where there's a lot of distractions like at the dog park or in a store if you're bringing your dog to a store or at another person's house then they're well socialized they don't become this dog that doesn't know how to act uh, around a bunch of people or different environments, different environments. Yeah. And like you said, like if you live in the city, mm-hmm. um, socialize your dog outside so that they know what a bus sounds like honking cars, motorcycles, what bicycles look like when they go by so yep. that your dog isn't chasing those things. And if you live on a farm, you could take them outside so they're used to the animals and the sounds that they make. And, uh, you know, walking through uh, the dairy uh, farm area and when the tractor starts up and, 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 you know, just take a look at your lifestyle and what you're doing. But like you said, socialization means different things and it means different things to people in different contexts. And yes. when we say so social to each other, like I'm a social person, it means I like hanging out with people and going out and doing stuff. And you, and you think it means being exposed to other people. Whereas in the dog world, uh, socialization means exposing them to everything, not just other dogs, not just other people, just everything, the environment, what sand feels like, what grass feels yes. like, what pavement feels like. Uh, what is it like to go up this flight of stairs? What What is it like to go up the stairs in your house, but then go to an apartment where the stairs are like exposed so you can see underneath? Because yes, that's scary. <laughs> that's very scary for some dogs. And And once you get your basic training down and you have that, you use that to support the exposure to these environments. Yes. And that's not to say to not socialize your dog with other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have puppy play dates. You can find a well-ran puppy class. 
you can as like for a puppy uh, of course be aware of their shots before exposing them to other dogs they need to have their vaccinations and stuff um but there's like socialization to other dogs doesn't mean like yeah going out to the park and letting them just run wild wild with each other so like you said if you're going to a puppy class that is a very structured environment where it's not like when you go for puppy kindergarten or whatever you don't show up in a room and let them all run around and sniff each other's butts and do whatever the do whatever they want it's you're there and you're doing the training they're on leash they're being you're teaching them to not care about what those other people are doing yes to to listen to you and and do the things that they're supposed to be doing and to be calm in that environment and and that starts in the house so I want to walk through what I did with Gibbs because uh, I'm very proud of Gibbs and I get a lot of positive feedback from veterinarians and various people with Gibbs. Gibbs is very proud. I don't mean to toot my own horn and sound like the Kanye West of like dog owners here, but, (laughs) but, um, like even recently, like I mentioned, he, he got porcupined and went to the animal hospital. When the doctor called me, she said, he's very calm for a Weimaraner. Is that normal? And I said, well, I get that a lot. And I don't know if it's his personality or the breeder I got him from, but I also worked very hard with his training. And she said, well, you did an excellent job. And I get that feedback consistently from different people who are knowledgeable on dogs. But um, so what I did with Gibbs, again, day one, when he came home, it was teaching those thresholds and I would do different exercises to expose him to a variety of different things. So once we worked indoors with the sit and the sit stay, then I moved to outside. I would go outside to the park across the street and I would go first thing in the morning because there's no kids there. There's nobody around. There's not too many people around. So you're just exposing them to the environment, right? There's so he can smell the grass. He can smell the trees. He can see the squirrels. He can do all that. And now I'm taking what he already has mastered indoors and I'm moving him to a more distractive environment and seeing if he can still listen to me. So, and then I moved it to outdoors. And so we practice sit and sit stays outside at the park. And the, on top of that, like I would start by walking around the whole park and Stony Dennis, like I mentioned in his puppy training video, talks about this, exploring them to different terrain and getting them to climb up on this tree stump over here and get them to jump up on this park bench. And yeah, way to go because you want them to develop their muscles as well. Mm-hmm. And this, the, all these things that I'm talking about are socialization. So I would take Gibbs for a walk around the park. I'd make There was a tree stump at one corner that they cut down like years ago or whatever. I'd make him get up on it, sit on it. Good boy. Hand feed him some of his food. I would take him into the 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 play structure area. And again, like I, I would go at like six in the morning. So there's no kids out yet. And he would feel the sand. And I would like, I would walk him around the sand for a bit. I'd make him go up the stairs of the little kitty play structure. And I'd make him go down the slide. And good boy, way to go. So like, you know, he's experiencing what a slide feels like and to walk up those stairs and to jump off like that one platform where like you know the little like swingy thing is or whatever and uh, then I would walk around the park and then we'd go into the big field and then now we now that he's walked around a bit and gotten accustomed to like all the different stuff now we would practice our sit sit stay can you stay Mm -hmm. lay down and would start doing that outdoors and and he really just built from there and that and that was i think attributed to his behavior today which is very calm it, there's not a lot of things that freak him out um when yeah. my 
<laughs> the only time I can remember him um, reacting to a sound was when my son started high school and had to choose an instrument, and he chose the trombone. When he brought the <laughs> when he brought the trombone home, <laughs> Gibbs did not know what to think of that. He was like, "What?" Like, and he again, like, it just sort of was like a. It it wasn't like he he barked or freaked out or anything. It was the 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 stance surprise the surprise <laughs> the surprise, but also sort of taken aback. Like he would scooch back a bit and then but again because that scared him or whatever then we worked with that so i'd get ronan to pull out his trombone after dinner every time until he didn't react to it anymore and, yeah. and you do that by okay sit and like when ronan would blow his trombone and he would sort of like freak out or, and i'd say uh, 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 sit because he he trusts me we've built this relationship yeah. together yeah he knows when i'm telling him to sit and call and calm the yeah. hell down if mommy says if mommy says sit, sit I, yeah, yeah then it's everything time to is sit fine and everything's fine or i'd say place okay go to place so he would go lay down and he couldn't leave until i said and if he tried to leave when he played the trombone and i didn't have ronan playing it right up into his face and like this big shiny noisemaker thing i would ronan would be in the dining room and gibbs would be in the other room but he his instinct you know was still like not nervousness not sure what to do mm -hmm. sort of walking around circles like he wasn't shaking or anything like that, but you could tell, like, he was just like, I do not know what to do with this thing that Ronan's doing. <laughs> and so by telling him to sit or keeping him in place to lay down, that's just like, do you want to know what, dog? You don't need to worry about it. Trust that I know yeah. that you don't need to worry about it. And so it, after a while, after a week, he, he didn't even care about the trombone anymore. Yeah. And that... If you build that trust, then that should just be enough. Exactly. And that, my friends is proper socialization why do i have such a hard Ooh. time saying that word i said am i saying it weird socialization <laughs> <laughs> so you know again uh i know we've said it like multiple times now but i'll, I'll say something a little bit newer this time is that when I'll use different when, words <laughs> <laughs> when you get your dog think be mindful of your environment your lifestyle what you plan to do with your dog, what sort, what types of events happen in your in direct environment, in your home. Yes. And think about how you want your dog to behave when those things happen. And, and then choose your exercises and training to work towards those goals. Yes. And, and um, that too is a big part of proper so socialization and repeti repetitiveness. Do it again and again and again and again and mm -hmm. again and again and again. And again. Yes. Do you have anything else to say? No. Should we play a quick game of Boop or Snoo? Yes. All right. You got one or do I got one? I have one. Okay. Although it's not quite like a dog toy. Okay. It's for the owner and the dog. All right. So Boop or Snoot. Furbocam. <laughs> okay. Now explain to me the workings of the Furbocam because I don't think I understand how this thing works. So the Furbocam, you place like in your home and you download this app on your phone and then you can see your dog, like wherever you are, you can see your dog and it th like you can speak to your dog and it throws treats at so your there, dog. So there's a button on the app where you can release a treat from the device. Yes. Yes. And do you have now, to I don't know about the talking to your dog, like while you're not there. Yeah. Um, and giving treats, but 
I think I would just like one. I guess I could just get any type of camera for that. I'd be just curious to see what my dog is up to during so the day. You, so you would be a boop? While I'm at work. A boop? Yeah, a boop I'm a boop. For you? Um, my question is, and I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, do you have to pay a monthly fee to to have this on your phone? Is it like the Nest Cams and stuff Ooh, like that where you have to record? I don't think so. Okay. To me... I'm oh, actually this... not sure if you can talk to your dog i think you can i've seen I i've can. seen i've seen advertisements for it for it where they talk yeah. to them and then you can oh you can actually buy i think there's two versions of it that you can buy and one you can take selfies like of the dog that's up to the camera so it's like <laughs> a lot of pictures of your dog with like their snoot <laughs> at the camera i'm on the fence with this one because what and and uh, I'll probably boop it. I like the idea of being able to look at your dog during the day just to see what they yes. do because I'm, I'm kind of curious what they do when you're not around. I don't know whether I like the treat portion of it or not. Yeah. Or the talking part because to me, if you're going to be correct. Might freak your dog. Yeah. It might, it might spook them a little bit, but again, you can train them to be comfortable with it just fine. But if you tune in and your dog's chewing the couch apart, what are you going to do about it if you're not there? Because if you say, hey, stop, and then they don't listen to you and keep doing it, there's no consequence. Yeah. But I'm going to boop it anyways, because I want to know what they do during the day. Yes. <laughs> boop. I was curious to know, like, what Wiggum was up to during the day. He's probably sleeping all day, but. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if Gibbon and Becky play while we're gone at work. Yeah, I might. Sometimes I'm curious about the cam. Hmm. Hmm. All right. You would boop. need, like, more than one camera, though. Well, no, because then I could just keep them in one room. So uh, Michelle has a camera. It's not a Furbo cam, though, like no treats or anything like that. But she has a camera so she can see what Nikita's doing while she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's funny because we went out for dinner once and she's like, oh, I'm just going to see what she's up to. And she'd like pull out her phone and have a look. She's like, look, <laughs> there she is. <laughs> I would not get any work done. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch my dog all day. Yeah. So maybe it's like, maybe this one is like a, like a, a 60% boop, but like a 40% snoot. <laughs> a snoop. A snoop. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We'll see you next week on Boop Snoots. Boop Snoots. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.